0: Stu does America. Stew does merch.com Use the promo code stu 10 Save 10%. If you're watching right now on YouTube, like this video, subscribe to the channel, hit the bell for notifications, do all the things. Glenn Beck joins us with a warning about an unseen army that's rising up to destroy your country. Dianne Feinstein's continue uh, situation really is getting worse and worse and worse, M- much like your politics, which never improve either. But we start by doing Biden's electric dream. Yes, Joe Biden has an electric dream. The Biden-Harris administration proposes strongest ever pollution standards for cars and trucks to accelerate transition to a clean transportation future. Hmm, pretty exciting stuff. I know. I was excited about it. Uh, some of the details maybe... Not so exciting, Biden in the past said he had hoped that a uh, half of new US vehicle sales would be electric by 2030. The EPA's new regulations could be charting an even more ambitious course. What a surprise, they're not backing off of it. Electric vehicles would be projected to compose 55% of new model in 2029 and 60% of model year 2030 sales, which is interesting. So again, they, the old restrictions, the old goals were bad enough and now they've made them worse. What a surprise. Uh, I'm not exactly stunned here. These are the uh, Biden unveils the toughest ever car emissions rules in a bid to force electric vehicle purchases. According to Fox News, the vehicle uh, pollution standards proposed Wednesday by the Environmental Protection Agency. Uh, and announced by the White House will impact car model years 2027 20, through 2032. The White House said the regulations would protect public health mm-hmm. by achieving carbon emission reductions of nearly 10 billion tons by 2055. And would can save consumers an average of twelve thousand dollars over the lifetime of the vehicles. Yeah, they're not. You know how you've been hearing how they're so expensive, more expensive for you. Um, they're actually going to save you money. That's the new thing they want you to believe. So keep that in mind when uh, you know you, when when the when the, the police force shows up at your door to make sure you're just, you know parroting all the right lines. Remember now electric cars save you money. Okay, get used to that one. If the regulations are finalized, a staggering 67 percent of new sedan, crossover, SUV and light truck purchases could be electric by 2032. The White House projected in addition up to 50 percent of bus and garbage truck, 35 percent of short haul freight tractors and 25 percent of long haul freight tractor purchases could be electric by then. Well, there you go. I mean, where do I sign up? To get to this world, this world where we're forced into making decisions we don't want to make, um, because really, to be honest, like if the electric cars were there, people would just buy them, and in some cases they have. You know, I have a friend who has a Tesla, and he really likes it. And Now he has another car too that he has to use, uh, but he gets to plug the thing in and he drives it a couple of times a week out of short term, you know, short uh, distances. It's really fast. I mean, it's a good car. It works for him. It doesn't work for everybody. And when it was, when it, when the technology is good enough to work for everybody, people may very well buy them. They are very, very fast cars. They do have some advantages uh, over uh, gas powered cars. It's just a lot more disadvantages. And that's why people aren't loading up on them. Uh, let's go to uh, Michael Regan. He is the EPA administrator. He tried to uh, convince you today that this was a really good change.
1: That's why today I'm pleased to announce that EPA is proposing the strongest ever federal pollution technology standards for both cars and trucks.
0: Yeah. Woo. Woo!
1: Together, today's actions will accelerate our ongoing transition to a clean vehicles future. Will it tackle the climate crisis head on mm-hmm. and improve air quality for communities? all across the country.
0: Now, of course, none of that will actually happen and none of it will be noticeable, even if a little did happen. That's just not what's going to, to be the case here. We can go through all the details here in just a second. Let's get into uh, the accusations of, of the EPA just driving the automobile business out of business because that's kind of the, the what they're saying here. They're a little bit scared of this going on. Here's what Michael Regan had to say about that. And so when we look at uh, this proposal, uh, and the
1: opportunities to reach the very ambitious goals that we've set—we're uh, not prescribing any mandate, no uh, and we're not driving any particular technology no. out of business, oh, so to speak. Oh, so I think to we're speak. given the markets and oh. the automobile industry and the private sector markets. the options to choose on how we best move forward to reach these uh, very, very, very ambitious climate goals uh, that we must reach if we
0: are to protect this planet. Now, they're they're not telling you exactly which part of the ledge to dive off of. They're just telling you you have to drive off uh, of some part of this ledge and and the 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 water's going to be a little shallow. But they're not telling you right side, left side, up the middle, wherever you want to go off the ledge, as long as you land with your head on rocks at the end of it. That's all. So this is like the market. The market is letting you choose which side of the ledge to jump off. So congratulations on that. And they're not uh, putting anybody out of business. No, no, no. Of course not they're not doing that. They're just telling you exactly what you must go to electric cars by 2032. That's all. Now it's interesting because um, some of these standards seem somewhat achievable for some of the auto manufacturers. Why? Well, they've been getting threatened for, by this for so long, that they've started to change. They're not changing because of the climate, certainly. They're not changing because of market forces. They're changing because the government has been threatening them nonstop for years and years and years and years, and they decided to go along with it finally. And so many of these big manufacturers, we're talking GM, we're talking Ford, we're talking all the big ones, are already going all electric. Even Bentley, is going to be going all electric. No more, uh, you know, uh, gas-powered cars. And a lot of this is just going to wind up happening because they've been beaten into submission. And I mean that sincerely. Now, when they have, they put in ridiculous standards, then they add a threat of new, more difficult standards, then they put in the new, more difficult standards, and the next step after these are in will be a threat of even more Uh, draconian restrictions on their business. Uh, But, you know, they're kind of ahead of this already because they knew this was coming. So maybe for some of these guys, it will be possible. It will be more possible for the big guys. You know, this is the way it usually works. The big guys have it easy and the little guys get pushed out from the side. That's, you know, the way progressivism operates. You do wonder if there's any company out there that's just going to say, you know what? Screw you guys. We're not doing this. No. Now, the way they structure these mandates... And, of course, they are mandates, even though he said they weren't. A lot of times they'll do this by an entire fleet. So you may be able to stick one car in there that's not a big seller, that still has a gas-powered engine. There's stuff like that you might be able to do. It will be interesting if some company just says, you know what, we're going to find a little, uh, our little piece here. We're going to uh, go for it. We're going to be Hardee's. Remember Hardee's? Hardee's is like, uh, you guys are what? You're making salads at fast food restaurants? Here's Paris Hilton on the hood of a car eating a triple cheeseburger. Like, I, I want the company that's going to do that. You know, Just is going to say, screw it. Screw you. I'm going the way I want to go. Our cars are going to be loud. They're going to be fast. They're going to be fun. And screw you with your golf carts. That could happen. Uh, but again, they're going to make it very, very difficult to happen. Now, a lot of people have pointed out, hey, you know how you're always uh, talking about the competition we have with China right now? Uh, I would call them basically an enemy state at this point. But they don't say that. They're just in competition with them. And we keep saying, like, hey, we should really not be as dependent on China for the things that we need. But if we're going to go the electric car route, aren't we going to become much, much more dependent on China? Here's what they said. As I'm sure you know, most EV batteries right now are produced in China. Are they? Um, So how do you balance the administration's climate goals Hmm. while also trying to achieve its goal of reducing reliance on China?
1: Uh, that's, that's a great question. So we, we look at it in, in, in folds. We have to walk and chew gum at the same time.
0: Oh, uh, this proposal so doesn't competent. kick
1: in until model year 2027. 20, uh, uh, so we've got some years to ramp up. We hope that we can take oh.
0: advantage of, of that runway. Oh, I see. see. So this super competent administration is just going to walk and chew gum at the same time. Do you believe that? I don't believe they're going to do that. Do you? Do Do you, Michael Regan, even believe that? And again, we're talking about uh, these haven't even been passed yet. Let's say they get passed by the end of the year. That gives you three years. I mean, the 2027s come out in 2026. So two years in one of the years going to be the middle of a presidential election. We're going to ramp up an entire battery industry and find the natural resources needed somehow, I guess, under our ground. Does this seem at all plausible to anyone? Does anyone believe this? It doesn't make any sense at all. Alex Epstein had a uh, a great uh, thread today about this particular proposal. Let me give you the part on China here. He says China dominates the supply chains of many critical minerals. And given the environmental policies of the Biden administration, this will not change in favor of U.S. mining anytime soon. And uh, I'm going to zoom in on the chart there if we could. You know, that dark blue that's taken up almost every one of those bars, two thirds of it, maybe half of it, three quarters of it in some cases, that is China. And you see, that's not going to be easy. If they decide that they want to screw us, which they kind of seem like they are currency-wise right now, you'd think you'd want to go a different direction than putting all of your eggs in the Chinese basket. But here we go. Seems like that's what we're going to be doing. Alex also writes, Biden's proposed mandate of 67% EVs in 2030 is a dictatorial attack on the American drivers and the U.S. grid that will, number one, force Americans to drive inferior cars, and number two, create huge new demand for reliable electricity on a grid that is declining in reliability. Electricity, or reliable electricity supply. The administration is dictating two deadly principles at the same time, drastically reducing the supply of reliable electricity by shutting down reliable power plants and drastically increasing demand for reliable electricity by mandating EVs. This is a recipe for national immobility. The proper policy toward battery EVs is to let them compete on the open market with gasoline vehicles, natural gas vehicles, hydrogen vehicles. If you want to increase the competitiveness of all EVs, then stop screwing up the grid by mandating unreliable solar and wind. And it's true. I mean, maybe if you wanted to embrace nuclear fully, you could make the argument that eventually down the road a long way, we might be able to actually power a fleet of electric cars the size that the Biden administration seems to want. But of course, they also know that likely they're going to be out of there by then. You know, certainly by 2032, they're not going to have to worry about this. They can put it on the block. They can claim their environmental street cred. And the fact that this may or may not actually happen by then, eh, who really cares, right? You know, is, he's, he's going to get credit for it anyway. And I think it's important to understand you know back at the bobbin did a bunch of these restrictions he made it much more difficult for cars uh, to get on the road with uh, you know built as is they instead had to become in a lot of cases lighter and in those cases back then it wanted actually multiple studies showed it caused tens of thousands of deaths you had lighter cars that would get destroyed in accidents and you know it was not a good thing so they've kind of gone away with that now we're going to electric cars a lot of them are super heavy so may create a whole new set of problems. We probably won't give you the exact uh, problems that we're thinking about. But it's important to understand that none of this is going to make any difference. Like maybe you might say, hey, you know what? There's going to be a few more people dying in accidents. Sure. And maybe, yeah, and the costs will go up. And sure, the electricity, you know, grid is something we've got to figure out. And we're going to be paying more for all that. And uh, yeah, blah, 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 blah. But we're saving the planet. It's global warming. You know, this isn't going to save the planet at all. A lot of people think, and I can understand this because of the way it's talked about in the media, a lot of people believe, hey, you know, we just need to get on electric cars and we'll have this problem solved, right? You know, global warming comes from cars, they're driving around all the time, that's the big issue. It's really not. It's a very small piece of the global warming pie, even if you agree with every single bit of science that Al Gore has ever attempted to parrot Um, Let me give you a couple of stats here. Uh, This is uh, transportation. The transportation industry accounts for around one-fifth of global carbon dioxide emissions, 24% if we consider CO2 emissions from energy. All right. so let's just say 24% uh, uh, are automobiles. Well, what, excuse me, transportation sector. Well, let's look at the transportation sector breakdown, okay? We already know this is only a quarter of all emissions, but what, that, what does that look like? Well, passenger cars are the biggest part of it, but only a 39%. Now, you combine both of those figures together, and what you're going to get, there's a lot of different estimates out there, but the basic thing you're going to get is somewhere between 6 and 9% of, of emissions that are cars. 6 to 9%. So even if you turned the entire sector off, you turned off all automobiles never to run again, you'd still only be saving 6 to 9% of American emissions. Of course, that number is wiped out by slight gains in China because they've got, what, four times the amount of people, five times the amount of people. As soon as, that, you know, as, soon as they start turning on coal plants, which they are by the dozens, they just announced a massive increase in the amount of coal plants they're going to be having in, in, uh, in China, which are, would overwhelm everything that we would be doing even if we got rid of all cars here. This is a global problem, this global warming. At the end of the day, this is something that is going to be very expensive for automakers, which will be very expensive for you. You will likely get inferior cars with rush technology you likely will have problems. We've seen this in California already where they're begging people not to, to charge their SUVs when it gets too hot out. You're gonna have to start dealing with those types of problems as well. Your energy will get more and more expensive. And at the end of the day, the good of all of this is nothing it will do absolutely nothing to change the temperature, certainly not in your lifetime. If you are lucky, if everything went right the right way, maybe you'd save a tenth of a degree 100 years from now. But the bottom line is none of this is going to do anything for anyone in the short to medium to long term. Maybe in, you know, in the centuries long type of term, your kids, 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 kids maybe would see the benefit of an unnoticeable 0.1 degree temperature change, which, by the way, will be less than the margin of error of the measurement of that number. None of this makes any sense whatsoever, but that is basically the defining characteristic of our leadership. All right, we're getting into spring. You need some nutritious, convenient meals to energize you for warmer, active days and to keep you on track for reaching your goals. Factor is America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit and can help fill you up fast with ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, you'll eat well, you'll tackle everything on your to-do list. It's going to change your life. I will say it's great food. We do Factor ourselves at our house. It's like home-cooked meals that you don't have to do any of the home cooking. It's awesome. Factors fresh, never frozen meals are ready in just two minutes and all you have to do is heat and enjoy, then get back outside, soak up the warmer weather. Looking for maybe something lighter, something calorie conscious? They've got something for that for you on that. It's called the calorie smart uh, section and it's 550 calories or less, which is great. 34 chef prepared, dietitian approved weekly options. There's always something new to try. Plus, you can round out your meal and replenish your snack supply with an assortment of 45 plus add-ons, including breakfast items like egg bites, smoothies, and more. Head to factormeals.com America50 and use the code America50 to get 50% off your first box. The code is America50 at factormeals.com America50. Get 50% off your first box now. I'm joined now by Glenn Beck. He has a brand-new special coming up tonight after this program, 9 p.m. Eastern. It is Exposed, the secret behind the trans activist army. Glenn, welcome to the program. Thank you. Uh, part of this special, you talked to Riley Gaines, the swimmer. Yeah. Right off the bat today, we're gonna to be talking to her tonight. Yeah, I mean, she's really been in the middle of, uh, the, when the term army seems to be uh, very appropriate to what she's been facing lately. Is there a question in that? Yeah, I will, yeah. I would like you to expand on that for your interview. I will have
2: to refer you to the Department of Education for any of that. I don't. Oh, really? You're not gonna? I don't deal in any of those. So you're not interested in telling? I wouldn't us about know. Them? No, I wouldn't know. So I just refer you to the Department of
0: Education. <laughs> you wouldn't know about the interview yeah. you did yesterday?
2: I, I'm just telling you, uh, you should talk to the Department of Education.
0: What would they have to do with this particular?
2: Uh, they're well, they're they're a whole department of people that deal with education.
0: Mm-hmm. But this isn't a question about education. This is a question about a switch. Well,
2: she was in an educational institution, I believe.
0: I, look, I just can't comment. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I understand. Okay. All right. Um, so, uh, Riley Gaines is kind of a big deal right now. It was yeah. A big, big interview yeah. for you to get. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you, you're not interested in promoting it in any
2: way, other than to say no. You know what? I'd love to. Let me circle back with you on that. Okay. One.
0: All right. Okay? Yeah. I'll okay. Come back and circle. Thanks, back. Jen Saki. Yeah, I, sure. I, I appreciate that. Sure. How about Victor right. Davis Hanson? You had him on as well. He does not work for the Department of Education. Uh, no, no. Mm-hmm. But
2: uh, I'd uh, have to talk to him about. Well, I'd have to refer you to the <laughs>
0: Department of Defense. <laughs> really? Uh, they will. Why would he? Yeah. Now, I'm not exactly. uh at a point of disbelief that maybe the Department of Defense does have something to do with monitoring Victor Davis Hanson's <laughs> interviews. Yeah. Uh, but what would they have to do with this? Yeah,
2: I, I, I tell you, the uh, <laughs> the show today is really about um, top-down, bottom-up, inside-out. Mm-hmm. We are now seeing it. Now, I told you, they have to put all the people at the top. Remember this from 2010, 8. They have to put all the people at the top. They have to get all their road warriors down at the bottom and then they have to make you really, really uncomfortable and then you just want the chaos to stop. That's when the top says, I mean, I wouldn't arrest you if you stood up and caused chaos and all their activists stand up. We, the people are like, somebody's got to do something. And that's when the top comes down. That's how communism uh, has been uh, taking over countries in the former Soviet Union. They couldn't come in and just take it over because their treaty says they couldn't, so they
0: had to do top-down, bottom-up, inside-out. And, and of course, fascist Germany had a huge element of this, right? I mean, this, uh, the brown shirts, uh, this is an example uh, of the same strategy in action I mean, obviously, uh, I
2: would, we know, I would uh, refer you to, to <laughs> Himmler's office uh, on that. No, it, you know what? It is, mm. I mean, look at the logo. Uh, I mean, that, that should tell you everything you need to know, mm. the, the logo of the show. <laughs> uh, it is, yeah. I mean, that's what it is. <laughs> you will obey. Uh, it, when you want to get an entire population where only 30% voted for the clown, okay, how do you get everybody... To Zig Heil. How do you get them to do that? You get them to do that by beating it into them, by making them afraid. Look, just go along with it. Just go along with it. Okay. Why make trouble? We don't want any trouble. Okay. Just, just look. You don't want the investigations. You don't want anything. If you're out in the street, the brown shirts would come out and they would do Zig Heil. And if you didn't, they'd beat you in front of everyone. And the police wouldn't stop them. Mm. Nobody would arrest them. You know, the, uh, the Fuhrer wouldn't come out against them. That's what this is. This is the bottom rising up and causing chaos in our lives. And we have to use reason and our intelligence. Um, not for the activists, because there's, there's no reason or really an intelligence you know, happening <laughs> right. in, that, in that realm. They're not reasonable. But with our neighbors and with our friends, we need to just start asking really pointed questions. Like, when did you find this to be reasonable that we should be mutilating our children, that there are no cis children, that yeah. they're all born fluid, When did you when did you come to that? And and I'm, I'm honestly asking, how did you come to that? Was there a research report that you read? What was it that you read that wasn't from political sides? What was it you read? Most likely they will say it's well, it's just the compassionate thing to do. Well, that doesn't make it the right thing
0: to do. Yeah, we had, we had an interview with Megan Kelly on radio earlier this week, and she was talking about, I thought it was interesting, she kind of said, you know, I feel bad for the stuff that I've done in the past on this. She said when she was on NBC, she had segments about tra- quote-unquote trans kids and um, not in a way of saying how terrible this was, but just talking about it, I think, uh, I don't think in a way of approval either, but sort of just covering it. And I think a lot of people wind up saying, Look, I don't want to be mean to people. I don't want to like yell at them and say, you know, and secondarily, I don't know what to do without being assaulted by the other side. I don't want these people to show up at my house or my job or or ruin my life. What does a what does an average person do? Um, You you just
2: stand up and refuse to tolerate any lies. Um, And, you know, I'm sorry, but we were all born for these times it's not a mistake. It's not like somebody is out there. I know you could be born in the wrong body, but you weren't born in the wrong space and time. Okay? You, were, you were born and you were selected, I believe, to live at this time. And with that comes responsibility. You know, I go back to Gandalf, um, that great phrase, and I, can't, I can never quote it exactly, but Frodo says to him, I wish these things never happened. And Gandalf says, So does everyone who has to face times like this. Yeah. But we're given our time, and what matters is what you do with it. Yeah. I mean,
0: because I have sympathy for parents who are going through this who might be... Oh, big time. You know, facing pressures from friends and, and bosses and all of this. But I mean, we just talked about a couple of examples. Certainly you go back to, uh, you know, a guy hanging on a cross. Uh, you can go back to the times, you know, Bonhoeffer certainly had to deal with a heck of a lot more than losing his Twitter account or maybe having to go get a new job. And he did that.
2: He had to do that because the churches were silent Mm. and in their silence, they changed so I would ask, where is your church on these issues? If they're silent, you are going to be in the wrong church. Well, to answer that question, I'd refer you to the Department
0: of Religion. Uh, to give you... Okay, all right, okay. you're right, you're yeah. right, <laughs> you know. you're right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which, which is coming soon, I'm, yeah. I, I'm sure. <laughs> um, okay, so tonight you have uh, the big special on, I know tomorrow on radio, we were talking about doing an hour on AI. And we, talk, we got into this a, you know, a little bit off the air, really not much on the air today. I mean, do we have any sense as to what is coming here? Do, the, the, the conversation we've wanted and you've been I asking do. for for many, many years, uh, are we having it? No.
2: no, no. In fact, what we're now seeing is all of these people like Elon Musk, who really knows, um, saying, we have to have a six-month waiting period on this. Everything should be shut down and nobody working on AI until we put some parameters up. It's too late, okay? Do you think China is going to stop working on it? No. Of course not. Of course not. Um, I'll show you some stuff on tomorrow radio that will... Somebody said, um, make a plan to destroy the Earth... or No, sorry, to destroy all humans... Well, it did. And it started asking for the user to do certain things that would have helped it get online to do those things. It's it's uh, it's not a good
0: development in human history. Yeah, it seems like one of the big worries by a lot of the people who are freaked out about AI is, I mean, you think about uh, people that you know that get won over by dumb Facebook posts and, oh, yeah. and all of that stuff, put that in the hands of AI, forming those arguments to convince these people of doing things. And like, there's this vision of essentially AI using human beings as meat puppets to go yes. and walk around. It and- will happen. It will happen. Um, it, it, people
2: are, you know what it said in one of its responses while it was planning to destroy um, humans, it said it needed, um, it needed the right propaganda Because humans are foolish and stupid. And the more, uh, what did it say? The more uninformed you are or something, the easier you'll fall for it. And and I thought, yep,
0: look at what's happening in society. Mm. Well, we went through some of this stuff uh, off the air, and you're not going to want to miss this on tomorrow's radio program, also Glenn's special tonight. The special is called Exposed, The Secret Behind the Trans Activist Army. It's coming up next at 9 p.m. Eastern. Don't miss it. Of course, you can always watch with your Blaze TV subscription, blazetv.com slash stew. Enter the promo code stew and save 10 bucks. Glenn, thanks for coming on the program and being so expansive in your answering of these questions. No, I'd like to circle back on a few of those things. Okay, we will. (laughs) Well, you'll be uh, very relieved to hear that Justin Pearson has been reinstated to the Tennessee State House after his expulsion. Now he of course, was representative that, you know, had a bullhorn on the floor. He was encouraging protesters who were stopping the process of the legislative body from proceeding. Of course, That used to be something Democrats didn't like when we're talking about like something like January 6th. Now they do like it again. They did like it before, of course, as well. We're talking about, you know, go back to the Wisconsin days or many other times throughout history where they've just stopped uh, all government from operating. This time uh, they are back to saying it's completely okay, with a short little vacation there around January 6th. Now, Justin Pearson was one of the two uh, representatives who were thrown out. The third one was thrown out because she's white and also didn't touch the bullhorn and also apologized for what she had done and also was not really participating nearly as much as anybody else. Uh, but more that she's white, so remember that. Uh, apparently, uh, that's, your, that's your reward, uh, you know, representatives there in Tennessee who changed their vote because it's odd, you know, 66 of the representatives voted against all three of them. So those people are not racist because they voted for both the black and the white candidate to be thrown out of office. Um, The people, uh, the three people that switched who voted uh, to throw Pearson out but not throw the white woman out. Those are the three people who are racist. So just so you're keeping track of all the racists around. By the way, the Justin Pearson thing is fun. It is. It's a blast because now look, I'll be honest with you. No one knew who Justin Pearson was uh, as of a week ago. This is why you do such things. This is why you go and break up the legislative process. This is why you get on your, your, uh, on your you know, megaphone and act this way so that you can become well-known. So you can go on all these TV shows and you'll get this ridiculous victim treatment as if that is appropriate in this particular case. But what's funny about Justin Pearson is while you didn't know who he was and I didn't know who he was, unfortunately for Justin Pearson, a few people did know who he was. They remembered him from college and they remembered how he acted and held and and handled himself back then, which is a completely different person. It's almost as if during the Barack Obama era, when being very, very well spoken and calm and cool and collected was the trendy thing to be. He was that. And now when it's being like AOC and screaming at the top of your lungs, a bunch of nonsense, he's now that. To give you a little bit of visual evidence to support this point, watch this incredibly fun video produced on the internet. Justin J. Pearson, and I'm running for president of PSG. There are a few reasons that we're running this campaign this year. One has to do with representation. How can we represent all voices in a conversation? I want to do this by partnering with organizations from the Boone Democrats to the Boone Republicans. I want to bring together different voices, dissenting voices, voices that may be more liberal or more conservative, in order that we can reach a point of sort of the radical middle. Seems
1: like the NRA
0: and gun lobbyists might win, <laughs> but oh, that was good news for us. I don't know how long this Saturday in the state of Tennessee might last, but oh, we have good oh news, God. folks. We've got good news that Sunday always comes. That is jaw-dropping. Where did this accent come from? Why is he trying to sound like Martin Luther King all of a sudden? Why does he have a Colin Kaepernick hairdo all of a sudden? It's just so incredibly pathetic. Obviously. This is just someone who is transforming like a chameleon to fit whatever little mold is the mold of the day that he can get the most attention. Really pathetic by this guy. Now, look, the Republicans at some level handed him a bit of a victory, right? He gets a lot of attention. He can act like the victim, which, as we know in our society, is now the number one thing you want to be for some reason. Always want to be victimized. That makes me cool. Um, And, you know, there was a little bit of this handed to them. Of course, he just got voted back in anyway, so it didn't really do much of anything. They probably could have just censored him instead. And then this, you know, he wouldn't have had nearly as much fame and fortune out of this particular incident. But then again, on the other side, like, He's such a douche. So, I don't know. What's the constitutional douche rating of this particular representative? We will know uh, as we go forward. We'll try to calculate it for you. By the way, speaking of people who might need to be thrown out of office, Dianne Feinstein, eh, there's been a couple issues there lately. She doesn't seem to know what she's voting for when she shows up, and she doesn't seem to be showing up all that often. Dianne Feinstein faces resign calls after missing 60 Senate votes in 2023. Now, you might note, 2023... It's only April. <laughs> yeah, 60 votes already in 2023. There's only been 82 votes total, so she's missed uh, you know 60 of 82. That's not a great percentage. Uh, not 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 wonderful. Feinstein, of course, is a member of the key Senate Judiciary Committee that considers nomination to the federal courts, uh, as, including the Supreme Court, of course, as well as some government appointments. Um, and they, you know, look. The left wants. The left wants here is her to step down and to get Gavin Newsom to pick somebody so that that person will have the big lead going into the primary and they can make this a cheaper primary than they want. And Feinstein's, you Feinstein, know, she served her purpose to the left. And the fact that they still have to trot her out there in real weekend at Bernie's style at this point is really embarrassing for our country, but not for the Democrats because they have no shame. So they, they don't get embarrassed by such a thing. Um, I will give you a little piece of maybe good news here. This comes from the file of CNN's Rehab. And we don't, CNN's rehab is not something that's normally covered on conservative media and I don't know how true it is this is kind of why we kind of put a question mark after it like I don't know is it true are they trying to rehab we all know the stories there was all the left wing stuff going on there management switches over and are they they say they're trying to make improvements now we have said before and we've taken the brave step of saying you know I think CNN has moved from a from an F to a solid D minus minus. It's not a huge improvement, but I do think they've done some things recently uh, that have been a little bit better than they were at least before all the switchover. And this is no exception here. This is a pretty amazing story. Hakeem Jeffries, now this is the most powerful Democrat in the House, the Nancy Pelosi replacement. He has a vague recollection of a controversy surrounding his uncle, Um, And that unfortunately has been undermined by college editorial defending him. Now, for years, Democratic Majority uh, Leader Hakeem Jeffries has told a similar story. He was off at college and shielded from controversy surrounding his uncle, who was a black studies professor named Leonard Jeffries, who eventually lost his job over incendiary comments about Jewish people. Hakeem Jeffries said he had only had a vague recollection of the controversy, saying he couldn't even recall coverage of it in local press. But a CNN K-file review of material from a 30-year-old college campus incident sharply undermines Jeffries' claims. While Jeffrey was a student at Binghamton University in upstate New York, a Black Student Union, in which Jeffries was an executive board member, invited his uncle to speak on campus after his inflammatory comments caused an uproar. And now, in a previously unreported college editorial, Jeffries defended his uncle, along with Nation of Islam leader Louis Farrakhan, writing, "Do you think that a ruling uh, the ruling elite would promote individuals who would seek to dismantle their vice-like grip on power?" Uh, He added that they were fairly targeted by white media for challenging the longstanding distortion of history. Uh, Leonard Jeffries faced widespread backlash in the early 1990s after comments he made about the involvement of, quote, rich Jews, end quote, in African slave trade, in the African slave trade and a conspiracy planned and plotted and programmed out of Hollywood of Jewish executives who he said were responsible for denigrating black Americans in films. And of course, you know, Louis Farrakhan, who, uh, you know, was pretty clear that he may have a couple of anti-Semitic issues. Uh, I don't know if you know this. He once uh, said that uh, Hitler was a pretty good guy. Well, he technically said he was a great man. Which, I mean, it actually seems more than a pretty good guy. He wasn't just saying he was nice at parties. He was actually saying he was a great man, a great leader. So there you go. Uh, Hakeem Jeffries in a little bit of fire here. Uh, And I will say, look, it's up to the media. It's up to the left to try to uh, make this into a bigger deal. Uh, You're not going to get that. Hakeem Jeffries is going to skate on this and no one's going to care. And everyone will just act as if they didn't know that he was completely lying for the past 20 years. But I will say at least CNN didn't do that a positive point on their record and when they do something that justifies that d-minus we've awarded them it's worth pointing out I feel like I just started hearing commercials for Tommy John not that long ago, but they've been around for 15 years. That means that for the past 15 years, the world has been a lot more comfortable because when you wear Tommy John underwear, you're so comfortable. You can do everything better. I don't know what you give for a 15th anniversary. I think it's crystal. It is crystal clear. I will say that you need to you really do deserve to be comfortable each and every day. This is underwear. It moves with you, It, it breathes, it's lightweight, it's moisture wicking, it's got all the things that you want. It's really, really comfortable too. Uh, They have great loungewear, great underwear, all sorts of great stuff. It's not hard to see why they've sold over 20 million pairs and thousands of five-star reviews. People just love Tommy John. They do. Uh, I just ask them because they'll blab about it forever. Everybody who knows this stuff blabs about it forever, and I will tell you, they don't have customers. They have fanatics. I'm one of them, and I'll sit here and blab about how much I love this stuff forever. Plus, everything they sell is backed by Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear, or it's free guarantee. Nothing to risk here. These are the most comfortable box, boxer briefs ever. There's no downside. Plus, uh, all you got to do is buy one pair, you'll never want to wear any other underwear again. Get 20% off your first order right now at tommyjohn.com/do tommyjohn.com/do get 20% off right now at tommyjohn.com/do see site for details and of course that site is tommyjohn.com/do Got some uh, interesting crypto news going on today. Uh, now, first of all, uh, the Ethereum upgrade, a uh, Ch- Chapella is called, is supposed to go tonight, I believe. So that has kind of been a, something that's been in the works for multiple years, and is going to be sort of a big deal in, in the world if you care about Ethereum. Secondarily, we're about one year away now from the next Bitcoin halving. Now, what does this mean? I don't need to get into all of it, but basically, it halves the rewards that you get for mining new blocks of Bitcoin long story short what we've seen every time this has happened is a major bull market that develops out of it now you can past performance is not indicative of future results or at least can't guarantee future results but this has happened multiple times uh, the last big uh, b- b- uh, b- Bull market that happened it was right after uh, was leading up to this particular transition and afterward. Uh, and the same thing is going on now. Bitcoin is one year away from a major technical event. History suggests the start of another bull run. And they have, and they go through some of the stats in here, some of the graphs. But you see, let's see if I have them here real quick. I can pull it up. No, no, they didn't print out. But, but you know, the bottom line is the year preceding one of these halvings and the year after have been basically a major two-year bull run for at least the last three or four of these things. Uh, it's kind of a big deal. As we've seen, of course, Bitcoin, you know, and people love to, you know, say that it's over, it's dead. Well, you know, it's up 90% since uh, last, uh, what, last summer. I mean, I don't know. How many stocks do you have that are up 90% from last summer? Yes, they're off, uh, it's off its all-time highs, which everyone's like, well, people only bought Bitcoin when it was 69000 Is that true? Because basically you can go back and find anybody who bought Bitcoin at almost any other point in history is profitable right now. Uh, with the exception of maybe four months there where the, when the, we, there was a real uh, fury going on. Well, you know, I rem- I'm old enough to remember, and you might be too, back in let's say 2017 when Bitcoin went on this run in the same technical event and the same, uh, same region as the, te- the same technical event. And it went up to 20,000 and then fell back down to, you know, what, 3,000 at one point, And everyone was freaking out. And then it went from 3 to 69 in a very, very short period of time. You know, I don't know if you are interested in this stuff, if you've invested in it before, but it's an interesting time to look at it because with everything going on in Washington, with all the money printing, with the threats of inflation, with all the stuff going on, a currency that has a limited supply is really interesting to a lot of people and this has happened over and over and over again. So maybe a time to look at Bitcoin. Okay, so here's what happened. Walmart decided to give a little shirt to the people. Uh, to celebrate how environmentally friendly they are and I know I know like you I love my environmentally friendly shirts I honestly might want to make this exact shirt just take it from them and put it in our merch store we need to come up with something like this because I think this is hilarious though this one might be a little too vulgar because they didn't see this really coming. It's just a recycling shirt. You know, what are we going to do? You've heard reduce, reuse, uh, recycle, like that sort of thing. And they decided to to make a version of that. They made the R-E very big and the ending of the words small. The problem was the four words they chose in this order were recycle, C, reuse, U, renew, N, rethink, T. So reading down, you see a word that you're not really supposed to say. Some people call it the C word. And ladies really don't like it. So they had to take it off the shelves. I don't know if we want that exact thing back in the Stu Merch store, which is studosmerch.com. Uh, Stu10 is a code. Save 10%. But something like that we need to do very soon. Uh, some comments from YouTube. Make sure to drop some algorithmic engagement underneath the show. It helps us spread the message. Uh, speaking of the $489 price tag for the NFL package next year, I'm a Broncos fan. I live in Virginia. I love my team, but I'm not going to pay that much just to watch them suck. <laughs> uh, this one, Better Odds, comes in. Why is Stu, per, Stu's producer not blacking out the ads at this point? Because I i went to the it director and i said no ad blocking software that can mess up the show make sure he can't have any on his computer elena writes no offense to the bud company but i hope this is just the tip of the iceberg i've had enough of all the insults these companies dole out to their customer base and pander to the left yes and another one it's very fitting that a man pretending to be a woman is on the can of water pretending to be alcohol (laughs) couldn't have said it better myself we'll see you tomorrow